Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here. I pray that you come as you are and walk away feeling changed. And not because of me, but because of Jesus. In Christ, we are a new creation. We're no longer bound by our past or to do things the way we've always done them, or even the way the world tells us we should. In Him, we are remade and we have new life. So pull up a seat and open your heart as we grow in our walk together and focus on the type of health that's everlasting. Hello, and welcome to the Radiantly Healthy podcast, where our focus is keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and standing strong on God's promises as we navigate through the struggles of everyday life together. I'm your host, Jenny Chatham, a Christ-focused health and wellness coach, and my goal is to inspire you, encourage you, and maybe even challenge you to make choices towards a more fulfilling life. Today, we've got a topic that God's got me pretty fired up, not going to lie. And, you know, he really did something pretty pretty miraculous um, last week in my life. And I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it. So... Because I really feel like he gave me a message. Um, and, and, you know, you're going to laugh or maybe you won't laugh. I don't know. But, um, you know, the thought of can God's plans interrupt our schedule uh, came to mind because, you know, as God gave me this message, I was like, wow, kind of blown away, you know. And then at the same time, I'm like, okay, God, that's great. I'm going to work that into my schedule and I'll talk about that a week from today. (laughs) It's like, I mean, are you kidding me, Jenny? Like, really, sister? (laughs) And I felt convicted about that. You know, like, so I took it to God in prayer and really asked for his forgiveness because when God speaks, like, we need to listen and take action accordingly. And that's not the message today, but I want to toss that out there because I think about that, you know, like how many times um, are we getting these nudges from God and yet we've got our own plans, our own agenda, our own schedule. And it's like, well, I'm not sure that that fits in right now, but I'll get back to you. Or yeah, I'll go ahead and take care of that um, when it works for me. You know, I'm just like, God's like, all right. We'll see how that works out for you. <laughs> Anyways, getting off topic. So here's the super cool thing that God did last week. Fridays are typically date night for Austin and I, and we went out to dinner. Um, we like to come back and, you know, have dinner and um, just kind of hang. And so we did that. However, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was probably... It was almost one o'clock in the morning and I felt super sick, like very nauseous, the sweats, you know, just felt like, oh, this is, this is not good. I'm, I'm, I've got the flu is what my thought was. That was my initial thought. However, immediately after that, I kind of glanced through what I had plans um, for the next couple days. So this was Friday night. 
So Saturday morning, I was meeting up with a past client. So there would be opportunity for fellowship and just good conversation, Christ-focused, you know, and then later that day, I have a women's group where we meet monthly and we were meeting that afternoon. So again, another opportunity for fellowship. And Sunday morning, I had asked my mom to go to church with me. Now, my mom hasn't been to church, like a, a church service for... I mean, probably 20 years, let's say, since my dad passed away. And so that was really big um, that she said, yeah, she'll go with me. So I'm laying here in bed Friday night, feeling sicker than a dog. First thought is I'm sick. Next thought is looking ahead at what I had planned. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not sick. This is an attack from the enemy. This is a spiritual attack. I'm not sick. So right then and there, I said, I am healthy. In the name of Jesus Christ, I am healthy. And a couple weeks ago, I was on a call with a pastor and she mentioned, um, you know, she kind of gave us a word for for 2021. And one of the things she said was, you might find yourself uh, waking up in the middle of the night or really, really early, so early in fact, Uh, to pray that you'll go to bed afterwards. And so that thought crossed my mind. And so it was like, go grab your Bible. So I did. It's one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Go grab my Bible, come downstairs, open it up, and I just start praying, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling sick at first. And then the more that I prayed and talked to God and got into his word, the better I felt. And I said, you know, Lord, I feel like you got me up for a reason. So what is it that you want me to hear? And this is what I want to share with you today. Because where God led me was to Philippians 3.12 to 4.1, which is straining toward the goal. And I'll tell you, I was up until about little little past two o'clock in the morning and I felt fine felt fine. I was not nauseous. I wasn't sick. Not a darn thing was wrong. I was healthy as a horse. I took part in all of the things that I had planned on Saturday and Sunday, and it was like it never happened, except for the fact that I know that I was healed in the name of Jesus. And we have authority, friends, in the name of Christ that we don't realize that we're not tapping into the same um, spirit that, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And so we have access to that same power. And this is something recent. I'm, I'll be perfectly honest. This is something recent that I am learning how to tap into. So anyways, that's kind of another topic. <laughs> So where God led me was Philippians 3, 1, or excuse me, 3, 12 through 4, 1, straining toward the goal. And that's what I want to share with you today because I really believe that this is the message that God gave me that he wanted me to share. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up uh, Philippians 3, 12. And kind of what's happening here is that, you know, Paul emphasizes the need uh, for progress in Christian living. 
And he's kind of presenting himself as one who continually reaches ahead to see God's kingdom expand. All right, Philippians 3.12. It says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So right out the gate, Paul is kind of stressing that like he's not perfect. He's still involved in the struggles of life in a fallen world. And, you know, meaning like he still sins. We can relate to that. You know, as Christians, we aren't perfect. That's not the goal here. But what he's doing is pressing on to make it my own. We don't have to have it all together in order to keep moving forward to expand God's kingdom. Yeah, we are Christians. We live in a fallen world and we sin. But let's not get hung up there. There's kind of a balance of faith and works of God's call and as believers, our response. It goes on to say, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Again, he's emphasizing that. I'm not already there yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So he's like, he's not getting stuck in what happened or what's in the past or what's going on, but he's straining forward to what lies ahead. Are we getting caught up in the things of our past? What's happening all around us? And it's pulling our attention away from our purpose as Christians, which is to expand God's kingdom. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's life is purposeful. He's constantly aiming toward a heavenly goal. And the prize is not in this world. The prize is the fullness of blessings and rewards in the age to come, especially being in perfect fellowship with Christ forever. What's the goal of our life? Is it to live a comfortable life? Is it to make more money? To have a nicer car? 
to pretend like we've got it all together, to live the quote-unquote American dream? If it is, we need some serious soul searching as believers. Because again, what Paul's talking about, it's like the goal of our life is to expand God's kingdom. What does that mean? It means we're leading people to Christ. And the hope that's found that we get to spend eternity with him. It's not more things. It's not more money. It's not to live in comfort. The prize that we're going to, that we are going to receive isn't going to be found while we're alive on this earth. Because the prize is perfect fellowship with Christ forever. So the goal of our life is to expand God's kingdom. It's to give God glory. It's to be used by him for his purpose in our life. And I think we get that twisted. We live in a world that says it's all about me. And then we wonder why we're walking around and we feel like a hot mess. It's because we weren't created to live like that. We weren't created to live in that way. It is not all about me. And when I make it all about me, my soul feels that. Because it's all about him. We want to constantly aim towards a heavenly goal. And right now there's so much happening in our world and it's got our attention and I'm going to be super honest with you what's happening right now in our world it isn't a political thing it's a spiritual battle There's spiritual warfare happening. It's not so much about the stuff we can see, but the things that we can't. And as Christians, it's time we wake up. Wake up. We want to do things different because we are, we're set apart. If we're blending in with every single other person that's freaking out and losing their minds, how are we pointing people to Christ? And the hope and the joy that's found in our relationship with him. Verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. 
And what he's saying is, you know, like if you're thinking you got it all together, God's probably going to show you otherwise. (laughs) Verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So these next few verses, you know, Paul is really, at the time he was kind of, kind of calling the Philippians to imitate him. And it wasn't so that the Philippians would really focus on Paul, but, you know, really for them to kind of join in this humble, radical dependence on Christ. So he's saying, you know, imitate me and keep your eyes on the people who are setting that example. Humble, radical dependence on Christ. What would that look like in your life to have radical dependence on Christ? Does that mean you just maybe stop watching the news altogether? That you're really mindful about what you're letting into your world through your five senses. Does that mean that you're opening your Bible And, you know, spending an hour a day with Jesus and reading his word. Radical dependence on Christ. Chances are, life's going to look different for you than what it currently does. And I know for me personally, that depending, having this dependence on Christ, and I'm not there yet either, but I will say That my day is shaped around my time with him. That's my no-fail appointment. I do not skip it. Period. Now, are there days where I press the snooze button a few times and my time is cut short? Yes. Are there times when, you know, I decide to go to the gym and my time is cut short? Yep, that's real. Am I proud of those things? No. Do I talk to God about those things? Yes. Does he hold a grudge against me when I come and ask forgiveness for choosing those things over him? No. Am I forgiven and then it's gone? Yes.
radical dependence on Christ isn't squeezing him in where you see fit. It's building your life on him, on Jesus and the promises found in God's word. That's radical dependence on Christ. Now, how it shows up in each of our lives is probably going to look different because God has a unique calling for every single one of us. But the common denominator and the theme for us as Christians is that we are straining toward a heavenly goal, which is expanding God's kingdom. It goes on to say, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. You know, the enemies of the cross, like their destiny is is final judgment. It's destruction. And there are people all around us that are worshiping themselves. All this talk about me, self-love, I do what I want. Um, You know, it's like, well, here's a little newsflash because there are consequences to our actions and the choices that we make. And as Paul's saying, he's telling the Philippians is like, imitate me. You know, there's all these people around that are so caught up in themselves and their own pleasures and desires. But that's not for you as a Christian. And I feel like this is so true for us today. Our world just keeps gravitating toward a more selfish, self-centered way of being. And that's not the message of Christ. We're so caught up in like, well, that, that offended me. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with that. And it's like, it's no wonder we're so at odds with one another. And I'm not just talking about people in the world. This includes believers. There's division And I believe this is really what God was saying when he gave me this message. Because, you know, they are so focused on themselves and the things of this world. But what Paul goes on to say, verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ. And in here, it talks about citizenship. And at the time when Paul was kind of addressing um, the Philippians, 
they were, they kind of prided themselves on being a Roman colony. And, you know, they were looking to Caesar. That was like their God. And what Paul was reminding the congregation was like, they should look to Christ. Because our primary allegiance is to God and his kingdom. They need to stand together with one another. And, and, and Paul, what he's saying is striving for the gospel. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This applies to us. Paul was talking to the Philippians. And this applies to us. Our citizenship isn't here. And yet we're so focused on a political party or these people groups that are forming. And it's causing division in the church. We're picking sides. And we're not meant to. We should be looking to Christ for the model of our behavior because our primary allegiance is to God and his kingdom. And so we need to stand together and strive for the sake of the gospel. We're getting hung up on opinions. But does your opinion align with the word of God? And as a believers, as believers, you know, that's that's the, the premise for our life. Think about it. What's happening right now in our world isn't about a pandemic or an election or everything else that's, that's pulling away at our attention. It's a spiritual battle for our soul. And right now, where is your faith on a spectrum of completely living in fear to trusting God wholeheartedly? Where are you at on there? You know, here's the thing. If you are in the space that is, yeah, Jenny, I am living in fear. Take that to God in prayer. Talk to him. Meet with him. Give him your heart. Because he sees our struggle. We're not meant to get this all right. Like Paul's saying, 
you know? We don't need to be perfect. That's not the point of our faith. And our faith does grow and is tested through the hard stuff. However, the way to endure is to take this all back to him in prayer, meeting with him and reading his word so that you live in a way that, you know, says, yeah, I I do trust God wholeheartedly. I might not understand what's happening. Maybe I don't need to because I trust the one that does. Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him, him even to subject all things to himself. So again, you know, it's like those who follow Christ's example of service will share in his vindication and glory as well. Perfection will come only at the resurrection. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand united in the Lord for the sake of the gospel. That's what Paul was telling the Philippians, and that's what God is telling us. Stand united for me. For the sake of, of the gospel, of, of bringing hope to the hopeless. Of taking um, people from darkness to light. From death to new life. Friends, we have a responsibility as Christians to live in radical dependence on him. And when we do, that's how God's kingdom is expanded. And the prize is that we get to have perfect fellowship with Christ forever. Let's pray. Father, I just, I thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the glory that is found in you. I pray, Father, for our hearts. That we would want to live in radical dependence on you. And that in doing so, our hearts would go from feeling worn out or exhausted or stressed out to feeling at peace and knowing true joy.
Help us, Father, to stride toward a heavenly goal for the sake of expanding your kingdom and giving you all the glory. And we pray this in your name, Father. Amen. Thanks for hanging with me today. If you are enjoying the Radiantly Healthy podcast, I would love for you to subscribe, leave a review, or maybe even share with someone who needs a little extra hope and a whole lot of Jesus. See ya.